this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave. Steve, how you doing? I am much better than I was at the beginning of the week. Um, for those of you uh, who saw our update that we had to push our, our Nottingham recording, um, you know, my wife was dealing with a severe ear infection, which had her laid out um, literally for like four straight days, nothing but sleep, no food, minimal water. It was an absolute miserable time. Um, she's doing much better now. Um, not a hundred percent, but you know, she's on her feet, walking around, able to do things. Um, so yeah, we went from having an absolute miserable start to the week to what is looking like it might be a decent weekend. So we'll see. Um, I appreciate you guys for, uh, for working with me on getting some of these things rescheduled, moved around so that we could uh, not half-ass a pod. Hey, you know, you can call us lots of things, but you can't call us inflexible. We're here for you, Stevie. We got you covered, man. No problem at all. Appreciate glad it. And glad your wife is uh, on the upswing because, uh, yeah, when that kind of crap's going on, nothing else really feels all that important, you know? So I'm glad I'm glad that's, that's good. Yeah. The kicker for me was seeing how, inefficient the u.s healthcare system really is so stop steve stop what are you talking about (laughs) so since saturday she saw uh the urgent care doctor on saturday she saw a different doctor at her primary care's office on monday who sent her to the emergency room for an er doctor who was supposed to send a referral in for a specialist, but they never did. So we had to go and contact their primary care. So we're on doctor number four right now to get a referral to doctor number five, uh, who initially couldn't see her until December 22nd at the earliest. Uh, And when it was clear to the poor receptionist who had to relay all this information. So the kicker for me was at the specialist's office, a nurse was the one who said not till December 22nd. When the doctor actually looked at the chart, they said, I want you in next week. Like this needs to be an urgent thing. And urgent apparently for them is just, you know, a week later. But uh, so five different doctors over the span of five days. Uh, and we still haven't gotten complete care for the, uh, for the ear infection. So, and I'm sure we're going to get charged for every single point in that as well. Because they got to make their money somehow, I guess. Very true. Steve, you know, I got to tell you, uh, not not that significant of a story, but along the same vein, I I have been in the process of getting ready to move to a new primary care physician. Now, admittedly, um, I thankfully haven't had to see a primary for the past several years. Health has been a good thing. But you guys know I'm not getting any younger. So I thought, you know, let's, let's hook up with somebody consistent and see what happens. In the month of May, I reached out to to somebody that my insurance covered that said that they were accepting patients, called, said, hey, I'd like to be a new patient. Okay, we'll mail you, not, not email, we'll mail you the, the paper packet for you to fill out. Great. Um, how do you want to get it back? Well, you could mail it to us or drop it off. I'll drop it off. I drop it off. Steve, I don't hear from them for like six weeks, like like crickets. 
like, all right, clearly these people are not that interested in getting my money, you know? Um, yeah. so, so I call them like, Hey, you know, I'm looking to be a new patient, submitted the paperwork, just waiting to hear back from you to schedule something. Can you check and, and see where we are? Oh yeah, here you are. We, we, we just found it. Well, and this is uh let's say late July. Um, they said, yeah, well, the earliest we can get you in is end of October. Fine. I'll take the end of October. You know, like, like, Thank God yeah. I don't have anything going on. Thank God I don't have any problems at the moment. And, and they're just in no real hurry to, to even bring me in. It's just, it's a broken, flawed system. And I you know what's funny, it. Dave? I had a similar experience with my primary care um, where the office transitioned to uh, under a different healthcare group, right? In the span, so I was supposed to go in for a routine physical back in April of this year. S- in April, the doctor I was supposed to see left the practice. Since then, I had four doctors assigned to me and have either they've either left the practice or they have moved to a different city to practice under the same group and aren't available at the office anymore. Four of them. So the appointment that I was supposed to have in April, I just had on Tuesday. They must know who you are, Steve. It must be all all gooners and uh, don't want to talk to Wicked Sprizzy Steve. I think that's what it is. That's got to be what it is. I, I smell a conspiracy here, Dave. I do. I do. Hey, speaking of well-delivered, high-quality health care. Hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> don't be a dickhead. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. Uh, it's a, it, it turned out to be a beautiful day here today. Um, I did have a little bit of a scare the past couple of days. Uh we had um, like this weird flash. It wasn't, well, we were having thunderstorms, but we had this like weird flash tornado situation happen at my house. Um, my daughter's friend was getting picked up by her mom and I'm trying to shove them out the, like shove them out the garage, get into your car, get into your car. Cause the rain is pouring into my garage <laughs> because the rain is coming sideways. Yeah. So it was like somebody dumped an entire pool sideways into my garage as this rain's coming in um so finally as i'm shutting the garage she's backing out and driving away i see my the tree that sits next to my truck it's this nice young maple tree and i just love the tree it's just a it's perfectly shaped you know it's just a pretty tree and it looks great in the in the fall and winter with the nice fall and snow and you know the leaves are all gone well this tree i see flop one way and then just takes off so i'm like what the hell so i run i run through in my kitchen and look out the back deck window and sure enough i see the tree flying through the air and it's probably about 20 feet in the air and it's flown and landed 40 feet from where it took off no kidding i mean it was insane so i go out there yesterday to take care of it i get the chainsaw out and i start to cut off the limbs and stuff and i'm walking back and forth and i see what actually happened was it hit the ground so like the base of it hit the ground where it had broken off and then bounced up in the air got caught by another whatever wind gust and then it went flying so it actually like trampolined about 20 yards i mean it was insane and it was like a quick, insane little story or a little uh, storm. And the thing is that this tree, my truck was underneath the tree. Truck didn't get touched. 
No way. <laughs> Not touched. Not one bit. So, I mean, that was my week, uh, that, and I'm, uh, you know, busy with other projects, building some cornhole boards for some friends. And, uh, yeah. So other than that, like, uh, we had some soccer that we watched and, um, transfer window that closed. So, I mean, I bet we can get into stuff like that. We probably can. By the way, Mike, you, uh, free advertisement for Mike's cornhole construction, uh, business. You, you want to throw it out there? Uh, soon, actually. Dave, Dave think, he thinks he might be making a little joke, but, uh, soon. So, no, no, I just, I just, I want a, a cut is what I'm getting at. You know, Wicked Spring oh, yeah, okay. is a, a shared <laughs> enterprise. I think, you know, we, we should, we should at least get some of the uh, advertising revenue that comes from yeah, it. Why Would not? You, Steve, yeah. wouldn't you agree? I think so. It's only fair. I mean, we can, we can, for, you know, a, a nominal fee, we can send out uh, some, some uh, Wicked Spursy themed cornhole boards. That would be sick. Tell you what, <laughs> for, for an additional cut. Watch out, watch out next year. We won't just have Spurs. What's that? I said I'll give you my image rights for an additional cut. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. This is where we're going already. Steve's 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 drinking uh Steve's drinking some cheap macro beers, it looks like. Yeah. Horse banquet. Steve just sold his image rights. <laughs> we're we're off, <laughs> we're off to a really good start. Hey, if Dabala can do it, I can do it too. That's that's right. That's true. He's handsome. Of course. He's handsome. I'm not saying you're not, just He's objectively more handsome than me. I get it. Of course, you you may end up working for Jose Mourinho as well. I guess if you uh, sell your image rights, correct? Is that what we're doing? We're calling him Jose now because uh, I, I think Jose. pronunciation, J, uh, <laughs> David. No, it, is Jose different person? Uh, yeah. Different person. No, oh, Jose Mourinho is the uh, Walmart knockoff. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. The one that runs Roma. Jose was at Spurs. <laughs> the guy, the guy at Roma. Is Jose? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. Nick talking to you guys. I just want you to know. <laughs> Let's talk football, gentlemen. Um, last weekend, good. Midweek, bad. Steve, you want to get us started? Uh, touching upon last weekend a little bit. You know, I, I think I can probably sum up both of the games with the same sort of rambling that I was planning on going on. So I was thinking a lot about, you know, the midweek fixture in particular, how um, limp it was. Uh, There was just no thrust. It was just the attack was flaccid. Flaccid. That was the word I was waiting for. Yep. There we go. Yep. Yep. So you're saying Uh, it was a load of dick. (laughs) It was a load of dick. Uh, That's that's too spot on, Mike. You 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 went you went right for the target. You got to. He went for the spotted dick. Yeah, I need I needed to cut him off before he got uh, started. Um, but the you know the thing is, I I think it was the first episode we had this season. I was talking about how you know teams have got to be afraid of what is coming based on what we saw in the preseason and what we saw particularly after the goal uh, that Southampton scored in match week one but we haven't really seen anything that fluid since really Um, a lot of it has been probing maybe a little too patient at times uh, lateral ball movements maybe it goes up a wing and then just kind of stops and, you know, fucking dies out there. And it's just got me thinking that, you know, this team 
it's clear to me that they're not firing at all cylinders. Um, I'm not sure at this point whether Conte's tactics are are, are wrong. I, I, I don't want to say that because we've seen it work and we've seen it work brilliantly, which then leads me to believe that it's a player issue. Um, and I'm not sure that I can pinpoint really where that's going wrong. I mean, for me, the biggest issue is the clear drop in Sun's form, right? Both games, Sun was our least uh, potent attacker. You might even call him impotent, um, just, to, just to keep it going. Um, and, you know, after, after Nottingham, I was saying to you guys on, on WhatsApp, like, he's got to be dropped. Like, surely with what Richarlison has shown – uh, in his his substitute appearances, he's got the drive, the the creativity, the flair to really bring life into the attack. But we didn't see that. We saw he stuck with Sun, and and to a certain degree, I get it, right? Like he publicly came out, backed the player. Um, you know, he's given Sun support. We as Spurs fans know what Sun is capable of when he is on form. Just look at the end of last season uh, for for just son playing out of his skin but at the same time he hasn't done that this year so far he hasn't really shown consistent attacking performance and honestly some of his tracking back has been lackluster too i mean he has just been you know four or five out of ten every single game if there was a person to replace it should have been son but we didn't see that and then for me the biggest tactical misfire was making a single sub against West Ham late in the game and bringing off Decky of all people uh, for Richarlison. And, you know, I've seen all sorts of theories going around, you know, maybe he's resting Decky for the next fixture, you know, Decky's going to start, Richarlison's going to start. Um, and I think you could accomplish the same goal of giving Decky some rest by pulling Sun and having Richarlison start that game and letting Sun be the guy that comes in after 70 minutes. That to me made way more sense than whatever the fuck Conte did uh, with that attack. But it was clear to me that those guys weren't really linking up well. Midfield was having issues. Basuma looked like he was just completely fucking lost for times. Um, and, you know, I think it came to a head maybe 20 minutes in when he had that absolutely petulant, reaction slamming the ball into the ground for his yellow card um you know there was clear frustration out there there was opportunity for further subs to have been made especially at the wingback position where we know Conte likes to make those changes it just never came it never happened and to me that's like I want to blame Conte for that because that's completely his problem you know you've got people underperforming you need to pull them it, it, it's, you know, it's a team game. One person's feelings can't dictate whether or not the rest of the team uh, suffers. You know, if they're not pulling their weight, they need to ride the bench. It's the same thing we said about Kane at the beginning of last year when he was, you know, it off in whatever fucking world he was in. I'm saying the same thing for Son now. I, he needs a time on the bench he has not shown anything in the first few games of this season to, to hint that he deserves to be in that starting 11. Um, I know it's tricky that we've got like two or three games every week coming up, 
but for for games as important as a as a London derby it needs to be the strongest 11 you can put out and for me son is not there right now I hope he gets there I know he can be there but it's just he's not showing it right now he needs to ride that bench we need to see Richarlison starting up top 100% this weekend <clears throat> Steve, I like the fact that you're you're taking the thematic approach to to the matches because I think there's some some strong themes that cross through both of them. Mike, I'm curious what your thoughts are with what Steve said. Like, why why do you think Conte is approaching Son the way he is, substitutions the way he has been? What do you think about all that? Um, I I, I honestly like I honestly think that Son is. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to bring his like upbringing into it, but I think son is uh, somebody who's such, a, such a volatile personality. He can, we've seen it as Spurs fans. We love it when he's happy and we love it when he's enjoying the game and, and he's, when he's enjoying the game and having fun, he is fucking on. Right. But when you have, you know, a, a, a rough spell, a tough spell, um, you have problems with, you know, him getting roughed up in games and, and reacting to that. Like he is petulant. He is. And so he needs to be handled with kid gloves. Right. So obviously Conte is going to make those, make those uh, comments. He's not going to dig out the player. Um, he doesn't tend to, I don't think Conte tends to really dig out the player too, too much. Anyway, he's not like Jose. Um, Jose, Jose. <laughs> um, so it new tequila, Jose Mourinho. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, it's terrible. It's, it, 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 it tastes good at first and then it just it's really tastes, bitter. It's yeah, really, <laughs> then it gets really bitter and you just, you just want it to go away. Um, so I think that, you know, we have, that's the problem that we have with son is that, is that you kind of have to handle him with kid gloves because his personality can is is such that he he can you know like kind of change on a dime and then you don't want to lose that type of a player you know um that said it's that's kind of hard to keep sending a guy out there who is going to have a bad attitude when he's not playing well right um well i don't know about bad attitude i just it just feels like he's got this added weight on him that like you know if if Decky takes a shot and it hits the first defender, bounces off. You know, he obviously shows frustration, but then he it's head down right back into it. Son well, almost looks defeated at times. Like if he can't pull it off, it just looks like whatever's weighing him down just drags him that much further. Right. And so, so I mean, we saw that in the in this game. We saw that in this game. And I think that's a bad attitude to have on the field. That's fair. I'll give you that. Pick your fucking ass up. And go and do your goddamn job. You know, yeah. Have you guys also like honest? there were a couple yeah. throw-ins down on our end where he wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. Like Walking. he had his back turned. Like, I'm sorry, you're gonna go and throw a fit on the sidelines for the camera to see two straight games when you get pulled off. He did. I'm sorry, bud. You need to sit down. But at the same time, like I said, he needs to be handled kid gloves because you don't want him to go down that path and never recover from it. You're never gonna be able to sell him. Yeah, there is a fragility there, right? Like the the nobody wants to admit is there, but there is. I I've seen. Have you guys ever noticed this when 
like let's say Decky gets an assist to Kane or Richarlison gets an assist with Kane or or Kane assists one of those guys like Sun sort of looks sad and and looks like he feels left out like oh my best friend is is has another friend now have you have you seen that or am I dreaming that well you know what I you know what I did see um and I saw it in both games I saw something that we haven't seen in a few years because and this might be this might be part of what's happening um, is one is Harry Kane is selfish. I saw it twice or in two straight games, and I saw it a few times in two straight games. A striker, Son, a striker is selfish. <laughs> right. Um, so. Um, once in the last game, the West Ham game, Son was on making a run and Harry Kane decided to take a shot, an impossible shot that he mm-hmm. could not make instead of passing it to son. And son mm-hmm. was left standing there with his hands wide open, you know, up in the air. Like I'm sitting here and he could have, Harry Kane can make that pass. Harry Kane is out to get those goals for himself. And, and I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, Harry Kane is a fucking machine. He's a goal scoring machine. And he is, um, <laughs> except when he, you know, except when, except when he takes a, predictable penalty kick to the lower left corner and everybody in the world knows it's going there including the goalkeeper right right well i mean um he had a chance to redeem himself and got fucked over on var and we can talk about that in a minute but I, I did i i saw harry kane start to get a little selfish sure yeah he wants his goals and he you know but the thing is we now have guys we have a number of guys who can score goals parasitch can score goals we know he can uh, we know that Son can score goals. We know that Decky can score goals. And to an extent, Hoiberg's scoring goals now. Like Hoiberg is starting to bring the ball up and be part of the progressive game. But um, he's not an attacking midfielder. So, you know, if we had an attacking midfielder, which we're not going to have now, or we might actually have one because Brian Hill is uh, sticking around. Um, Got my own comments on that game. later. Much <laughs> his own dismay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, these games, these games were not fun to watch. And you know, I you know how I felt watching those games is I felt like I felt at the beginning of last year, I felt like I felt at the end of Jose's reign, you know, I just didn't feel good watching them. Um, I, again, like, I know I called it two nothing. I thought it was going to be a comfortable two nothing. It was uncomfortable the entire time. Luckily, um, someone like Nottingham is not able to finish because they have no nobody can score goals. Uh, Brennan Johnson was outrageously good. Um, a, a lot of those players were outrageously good. I think uh, our defense is disappearing. Um, and I think that like right now, I don't know if we need to really get too much into the tactics of each game, but we can see that like watching watching that West Ham game especially is like Spurs defense crumbles under pressure. We don't have a ball carrying a, a ball carrier um, other than Ben Davis, who's actually a very good ball carrier. Um, but they shut him down. You know, it seemed like Mike and Steve, I know you got something to say. I'm coming to you really quickly. It seemed like yesterday, Hugo, he was acting as if he had Romero and Bentonker on the pitch. Like he was acting like he could give the ball to Sanchez or give the ball to Dyer and that they were going to be able to handle, handle the ball in traffic. 
you know, with the press that West Ham was putting on, but like he, he would, that was killing us. That was absolutely killing us. And Dyer's, whole- yeah. Dyer's just not good with the ball. Sanchez is not good with the ball and scared when he gets it with pressure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, and then our only good ball handler in, in the back three Davis is being, is being shut down because he's, he's got two guys covering him. Correct. Coming Correct. In pressure. They are, they're, they're putting four guys there. If you had somebody like Romero, who's able to dribble a lot of pressure, um, you saw that like even even Emerson was able to do it a couple of times. Steve, over to you. I know you've been patiently waiting to to drop some knowledge on us. What do you got? Well, it, a, a thought just occurred to me, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what changed from the end of last year to the beginning of this year? Competition is son afraid. Is that what's dragging him down? Does does he feel like if he can't perform at that same level that he closed at last season he's losing his spark to Richarlison he didn't really have anybody to worry about last year right like we had what Bergwijn Bergwijn wasn't stepping in for Sun even Sun at his worst was offering more than than Bergwijn could for large stretches you know Lester game aside last season um but Richarlison is a real threat to Sun's place. And I'm wondering if the pressure and fear resulting from potentially losing his spot is what's causing him to underperform. Like maybe he's just rattled. He's in his own head. I, he had his worst game at Spurs, I think, against West Ham. His worst performance. He looked like he was completely out of it. I and you know what? You know what's funny? It, is I saw myself thinking for a moment, the... Uh, our first goal, which ended up being called an own goal. Um, for a moment, I was thinking like, all right, son got the goal. That's going to unlock him from whatever has been, you know, his bugaboo that he's been struggling with lately. And then of course it ends up being ruled an own goal and he doesn't get it. Like, I think we would be remiss not to talk about that pass from Kulisevsky to Kane to open that up. How yeah. deft was that touch? Absolutely perfection i mean this is somebody who looks like he's about to cut it in and then just casually rolls it out with his right to kane who is just on side to cross that ball in absolutely beautiful this kid is something else there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to be said uh about like all these players that we brought in and conte and I mean, you cannot say enough about the contributions of somebody like Kulisevsky. That guy, um, and I think a lot of the problem too is like we had a lot of these quick hit passes last year that just aren't landing. And I think a lot of it has to do with like dudes not being able to handle passes at the speed at that game speed. So you get a lot of hard touches. What do you you never 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 see with Kulisevsky is <laughs> you guys just looked over at the same at the same time. It was really weird. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it threw me off. Uh, but what you never see with Kulisevsky is you never see the guy take a hard touch. It's really weird. Like whether he's putting the ball off his chest, whether he's playing, like he gets the balls at like, I'm like, there's no way he's getting that ball. And he just brings it down so gently and, and, and gets that ball onto his left foot. And it, it's, it's awesome to watch because everybody in the, fucking planet knows he's going to his left foot and or, or he gets the ball in traffic and you're like there's no way he's getting out of this but deep down you know he actually is going to get out of it ahead of the guy yeah like that uh, like you know the past the past the cane uh in the nottingham game was just outrageous 
you know, I don't, I don't know how he, how, how he actually got to that ball and, and how he got that ball through. He had one then, moment against West Ham where he was like, you know, backing into a defender and like just passed the ball up the line and just outran him. Like he just flat out. Yes. Yeah. He was like, I got this. He, fuck this guy. He's nothing. Yeah. He, he's got that strength to him. He looks so awkward, but speaking of, speaking of spe- speaking of speed, how fast is Jed Spence? <laughs> dude he how how much ground does that dude cover like he he, uh, he got a little run out he got a little run out but dude holy shit he's like uh, what's that uh, he he bounds like he bounds he's like a gazelle he, dude he does smooth <laughs> like a gazelle running around turkeys i mean like he was just covering ground and it's like the other guys were standing still it was, i can't wait to see him actually connect with something you know on a, on a well-touched pass and put it in. That's going to be pretty damn cool. That kid, that kid's that kid pairing with, with Kulisowski is going to be awesome. Um, and I think we need Richarlison and Sessegnon together. I can't you know believe Sessegnon wasn't, Perisic did not have a good game. He looked uncomfortable at times against West Ham. I want to ask you guys this while we're on the topic of, of Jed, uh, and it, it wraps in nicely to some of the comments I want to make about Hill, but I want to, I want to put it out there for you guys. Do you think the mindset of both of these young players, Jed Spence and Brian Hill, they seem like they're in completely opposite places right now. You know, one of them seems like he knows he's not getting a lot of game time and he has to work his ass off to get there. And the other one seems miserable that he couldn't get away. What do you guys think about these young players? Like, because for me, when I see something like Hill posting on Instagram, like, oh, I wish I could have, you know, been somewhere else. It's like, you know, fuck you, kid. You didn't get your move. Tough shit. Get your head down. Fucking work for it. Nothing's given to you. You know, you want to play fucking show you can play, you know, and that's why I appreciate, um, you know, Jed's comments, especially after the Nottingham game where he was almost the opposite like yeah you know i'm not going to get the minutes but if i keep my head down i work hard and i show i can do it i'm gonna get my chance and then i just gotta take it like that's the attitude right there are two things my dad taught me in in sports and one was if you want to get out there and play and you're not getting the recognition from your coach that you think you deserve what you need to do is work harder work harder you want to get out there on the field and play you think that you're better than the other guy and the coach doesn't show the coach work harder. And that was, that was a, that's a big lesson right there. The second thing that I learned from my dad was I wanted to quit basketball because I'm not an athlete, you know, a basketball (laughs) athlete per se. And my dad, my junior year and my dad said, my dad said, I don't know, Mike in, in Rutland, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> uh no there were a lot more better athletes than, than me um one of them ended up in the nfl so i mean <laughs> he was a hell of an athlete and he, he he quit basketball um but my dad said no you're not quitting basketball and my argument was well i'm not playing i'm going to practice every day i'm not playing and he said you want to play work harder he said but if you don't you are going to still go to practice and you're going to honor your commitment to your team. 
And what he said today out loud on Instagram, go the fuck away. That's all I care. I don't, I don't care. You don't, you never, you never showed you wanted to be here. You wanted the money and the recognition for playing for Tottenham, but you didn't want to do the work to get there. And he said out loud what, what Tengi and Dombele thought. So show me, show me you want to be here. Show me you want to get on the big field and play. Otherwise go to a fucking championship team, go to, go to the French league. While we're, while we're on the subject of life lessons that we've learned in the world of, you know, high school sports, um, my fencing coach had some, had some pretty good advice for me now that I think about it. You know, he said to me once a fencing coach, I did have a fencing coach. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. He said to me, you know, you don't have to be more talented than the guy you're facing, but you have to work harder if you're not. You know, if you don't have that talent, you need to put the effort in because somebody could show up, roll out of bed and just be at that top level. If that's not you, you need to offer something else. That's where that determination, that grit, that drive comes into play. And I honestly think if you look at where Harry Kane started, that's how he got to where he is. You know, he wasn't really looked at way back when he was an academy player as like the next great talent coming out. But the kid showed up to practice early. He left late. He worked his ass off um, and he blossomed into one of the top strikers in the world easily. And that's, I think the same sort of thing, right? Some of these guys think that they are just talent incarnate and they don't have to put the effort in. And I, you know, I don't care how much talent you have. You could be, you know, fucking the new Pele for all I care, the new Maradona. If you're not putting the effort in, you're just a jackass on the field. Nobody's going to take you seriously. You know, it's, it's funny just to, just to round out this part of the conversation that theme doesn't just apply to to sports, right? Like, so you guys know that uh, I have a long history in the education field and guess what? There are a ton of talented, bright kids walking around in schools. And and what happens with a lot of those kids is they get by on talent um, as, as far as it'll take them, right? Some kids, they cap out with their talent in sixth or seventh grade. Some kids it's, it's in high school, but there's this threshold where your talent doesn't cut it anymore where like the competition, the intensity, the expectations are at a level where you need to to layer hard work on top of your talent. And what you end up seeing often is kids that get through high school, just scraping by on talent and charm, go away to the next level of school and crash and burn because they don't have any of the skills that they needed to acquire to apply hard work and actually progress and move on. So whatever the context, right, whatever the thing is, Talent gets you only so far. I've got a son who will tell you, my dad says that to me all the time. Talent will get you so far. And then you got to start working hard and make something of it. And Brian Hill to me just looks like a kid who was always talented, who was always a step ahead and who could get by in Spain. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Spain and England are two different football countries, right? He could get by in Spain, but guess what, man, you're running around with big boys right now. And you're a little boy. You're a little boy. who Yeah. Has yet to prove that, that he can hang with anybody that, that's really banging around. And so you can probably yeah. dribble around anybody in Spain, but well, that, that's freaking great. You know what I mean? All those players in Spain can dribble yeah. around people. They're 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 a, it's a different kind of game. And that's what, that's what makes like 
Champions League. Fucking awesome to watch. You want to do that in England, though? Hit the fucking gym. Put on some muscle. I mean, yeah. honestly. Because you're going to get bodied otherwise, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, you know so- we don't want a fucking Jared Bowen on our team kissing the ground every time he gets touched. That's just offensive <laughs> to watch. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Because <laughs> Yes, we can. You know, because the the dig on Richarlison was uh, especially from I, I got a buddy who's uh, who I work with is one of our one of our docs and he claims that uh, Richarlison is on the ground he's an Everton fan and he claims that Richarlison is on the ground seventy two point four percent of the time he's he's done the math. Yeah, he's done. Well, he's yeah, he's a doctor, so he's a mathematician too. I guess when you're an Everton fan, you have time to think about crap like that, right? It's fair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But he's <laughs> he's he's done the math on that and said that uh, said that enjoy Richarlison being on the ground. I've I've never seen Richarlison on the ground more than Jared Bowen. <laughs> and why why broadcasters and and the like kiss his ass so much? I don't understand because he's not that great. He's quick he at making says, a run into the box and then he falls down and cries and trying to get the penalty. Like he's worse than Harry Kane at that. You know, I mean, pe- people dig out Harry Kane for that kind of shit, but listen, man, Harry Kane knows how to make a fall. Dave's having some trouble with his beer. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying to stay with you guys and not leave to go get a, a bottle opener, but I'm working on it. Wish me why luck. don't you, why don't you do that right now? Go get a bottle opener. It's fine. Mike's just going to ramble for a bit, and then I'm going to talk about how the only reason they care about Jared Bowen and, and he's their sweetheart is because he is just, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy. That's all it is. I'm just going to say it. You know, there a lot of the commentary that comes from these English broadcasters does come across as very borderline racist at times, or at the very least, nationalist. Well, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> They're not nationalists, but I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just think that they they pamper their own, you know, players much more than they would somebody from South America or from well, yeah. Know, I mean, I think anywhere there's else, a little, there's a little of that, and you know, there there's also um, I've noticed these commentators like. Some of them are trying to just, I don't know if they're pandering, but they're trying to, to play to, um, to play to both sides because, you know, Spurs have a lot of big name players that right now it's just not working for, but they also want to, they, they have a job that's to appeal to the other team's fans too. So they want to talk up the talents and stuff of these other, of these other teams. Some of them are, and we and I'm not going to mention their names on here because we, we bitched about them before enough. But some of them they don't they don't care to be impartial, right? Um, some of them some of them just want to be partial. Um, uh, whether they're pundits, whether they're broadcasters, they just want. I'm looking at you, Jamie Carragher, and I said I wasn't going to mention any names, but fuck <laughs> off, fuck Douche you, back. Jamie Carragher. Um, Jamie, we know uh, you listen. Arlo White too can fuck off, um, but Lee Dixon. Well, you know, while we're at it, might as well just Arlo's not so us. bad, but Lee Dixon's fucking bad. Um, <laughs> anywho, I, I said we weren't going to mention them, but anyway, <laughs> anywho, FA um, fine incoming, right? <laughs> so you know, I I just think that like 
some of these guys are trying to do their job and be impartial and play to play to both sides fans right um it just it just seems with these teams that are struggling or have smaller markets they play to them a little more because um because they don't have those big names so when something big happens with them they have to make it seem like it's the biggest thing that ha- that's ever happened you know so they have to they have to talk these guys up it's 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 an order it's in order to get the casual fan to say hey maybe i like this team hey maybe i like this team you know so i don't always dig them out for that kind of stuff but there are some pretty shit pundits and announcers out there that 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 really ruin things for for the the viewer hey hey mike i got another question for you what do yeah, you think ahead, of this Steve. what do you think of this it it just it feels empty to me do you, would does. you consider that empty it All looks right. empty well the way you're handling it yeah it's it's pretty empty so i need to ask you and i think that this is an appropriate time to do so uh hey mike what are we gonna drink what are we drinking well steve it's funny that you asked that i really enjoy you asking that question i i really like that and uh honestly um that beer that you looked that you had a Coors Banquet beer it looked pretty heavy. It was heavy until I finished it. Right. So um, that said, uh, I think the next one you should have because it was so damn heavy uh, should be lighter. Can a, we uh, a light? Go with uh, the cool, refreshing uh, mountain water that is Coors Light. I haven't had a Coors Light in a very long time, but I know that this is nice and cold. You can. How do you know, Mike? Because on the side of the can it says chill. Yeah, mine says chill. The mountains on the can are blue. Coors is a cool thing. Coors was also, believe it or not, Coors was also um, the first beer to do um, to do the wide mouth uh, on the can. So tell us about the. Tell us about the history of the Coors Brewing Company, Mike. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't know much about the Coors Brewing Company. I didn't do any research because I don't drink. You're not a nerd. My my uncle, I am a nerd. I'm a beer nerd. (laughs) No, he just said you're a nerd. He didn't say beer nerd. (laughs) My uncle uh, drinks Coors Light religiously and has since I was a kid. Um, My dad's brother. My dad was a Budweiser guy. Now my dad, and then he Mick Light guy. Nobody drinks Mick Light anymore because it's all Mick Ultra, right? True. This is a um, 136-ounce can. <laughs> In America, is... you call it child size because it is roughly the size of a small child. <laughs> um, you, have to, you have to lift it with two hands, right? Yeah. This beer, uh, I think, is a year old. You know what? The I stamp say... on the bottom says November 21st, 2022. Mm-hmm. From a marketing perspective, I really so it know it. I, it's not even. It's not even because it has to. November twenty first hasn't happened yet. We haven't That's seen a, this yet. We must haven't be an seen this. Day, right? You see, twenty four ounces. They have that yes. listed right there. It's, oh, there's a QR code. This but not only that, beer. it also says one beer is eight ounces, and then it gives you the milliliters for people who don't understand ounces. Seven hundred ten milliliters. This is. This is very uh, you, well. You know why? You do know why? Because they're owned by Mil- by uh, uh, Molson. Molson. They are. So they're owned by Molson. That. 
So the Canadians don't, the Canadians are, are smart as well. The, us in the US, we're just a bunch of dummies and we it's stick true. to her. It's eight, true. 1.8 fluid ounces. 1 pint plus 8 fluid ounces. I'm going to pour it uh, into one of these giant glasses here. Um, this giant glass. I'm going to drink it straight out of the can. Good for you. That's smart. Just like the tank top you have on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it goes right with the tank top. And that, and that huge shoulder tattoo. Steve, um, don't let don't let him punk you like that, man. <laughs> Fight back. Um, I'm going to pour I this. I can't. This, I'm uh, drinking some water here. This is the this side glass here is like when you go to like one of those chain restaurants and they're like and you're like oh I'll have a Miller Lite and they're like you want a big one or a little one right this is the big one it's like the size of, we my, me and my buddy Scott used to call it the size of a small aquarium you know I, that question always makes me feel so uncomfortable like do you want a big one or a little one it's a right. beer you can you can tell me the size of it like it how many ounces God. Uh, oh this is great this is not oh this is actually nice it's kind of it's golden colored i thought it was going to be a lot lighter than that you know i yeah i did too i feel like other cores lights i've had look lighter but you got a nice got a nice color brewing there mike yeah yeah, it's a nice nice bubbles right look at that head that's a three finger soapy head right there buddy yeah (laughs) it's not a biscuit head not a biscuit head that's soapy it's dissipating pretty quickly, though. Um, that I don't like very much. With very little lacing left behind, as the uh, also the soap, very little lacing. Dissipates. That's correct. There's very little yeah. lacing. So uh, let's get into this. It's nice colored uh, Coors Light from the Golden Colorado. Um, golden like their beer. Um, I haven't had a Coors Light in a long time. Let's see how this tastes. Well. Steve, what do you think of when you uh, think of Coors Light? Uh, I I, I kind of think somebody took my Coors Banquet and just added water. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, it's got like a similar flavor. It's just lighter. It's it's watered down as far as I can tell. Fair enough. For me, it's, uh, it's that post-college era, you know, like early to mid-20s when I, I still didn't have enough money to buy like a nice beer but I wanted something other than what we, what we drank in college. Uh, so Coors Light kind of did the trick and you could have a, a good number of them. It was like a dollar a, more per six pack. So it was fancy beer. Right. Right. You could have, you, you could have more of them and, and not get in trouble. Um, that's what I think of is kind of that early to mid twenties era. Mike, what are you thinking after you've uh, done your tasting? Um, hold on. Oh my God. I don't know if you heard that. That was. I think. I think we captured that on on audio. Yeah. Great. Well done. Great. That this. <laughs> no this edit either. Be, that one's staying. If, like you edit anyway. <laughs> oh, we run. A, we run such a tight ship. There's never anything to edit. So <laughs> we're good in that way. I'm going to take another sip, but this beer is so fucking fizzy. Um. It smelled nice. It smelled like a nice, like pilsner, lager, whatever you want to call. It. I don't even know what they call this. Um, but it smelled nice. It smelled crisp and clean. And then when I drank it, it's just super fizzy. It's like a ginger ale. Hmm. You know, you have a ginger. Ever having like a ginger ale? A super fizzy, a sprite 
you know, <clears throat> it doesn't taste great. We could tell I in your face. It. I wanted it to. It doesn't <laughs> taste great. It just tastes like. Should have gone with the banquet. It tastes like beer flavored water. <laughs> it's really weird. It's well, you know, the Miller Light had some taste to it. The the Budweiser had big taste to it, right? It's just fucking boring. I I can confirm this. <laughs> and I'm not drinking one, but I I know it and uh I can agree as well. Mike, have you run across a beer advocate review on Coors Light? Is there Ooh. such a thing? Do we want to look? I mean, wonder if Walt Trader has an opinion on it. Our our nemesis. Uh, I have an opinion on it. I want my banquet back. (laughs) People are going to want this fucking 10 minutes back. Honestly, (laughs) at this point, at this point, I don't even know how many of like the subscribers are just like, fuck this part. Like they're they're like, they're over over the domestic beers. Okay. So like, I think the Miller, the Miller light got, got like a 70 something or on here. Uh, Coors light got a 51. Ooh. uh, Which is, Ranked as awful. <laughs> wow. There you go. The score 51 underneath this is awful. Um, What's your rating, Michael? Um, it's drinkable. It's really fucking fizzy. Um, smells great. Looks great. Doesn't taste great. <laughs> um... Two point four. Two point four. Two point four. Man, you said two five, Steve. I I thought Mike was going to be reluctant to go under three. I just felt like he had this three point oh threshold that he couldn't cross. But yeah, you went. I, I no, like so it. this like this beer is not good, on, and I have to finish it. Like it's <laughs> now. Now it's here's drinkable. the real question: It's drinkable but not good. What is the song? All right. Don't don't go chasing waterfalls by TLC. No, no, no. And here's what I think. Here's what I think. No, that song is good. This beer, this beer wants to be like. Uh, this beer wants to be like the banquet beer, but it's banquet beer with water, right? Yep. Yeah, and Coors and Coors Banquet is like, you know, it's just a little brother to right. It's uh, so the song is the Hollies. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mike. I think I think my favorite uh, my favorite song predict or song association you've done so far was uh, Fred Durst Limp Biscuit. Like no, <laughs> that, was, that was that okay. was that which was, one was it? Which, which which beer was that? I don't remember what beer it was, but I remember was that the break stuff one. It was it was it was a beer that was trying too hard to be something it wasn't, and you're like, oh yeah yeah yeah, that's that's Fred Durst, that's Limp yeah, Bizkit, yeah. Fred Durst. Like, yep. yep. All right. Well, hey folks, this has been uh, Hey Mike, what you drinking? With the two point four on the Coors Light, maybe the lowest rating ever. Am I am I hearing or remembering correctly? No. Well, the Mike's lemony drink was pretty was pretty bad. <laughs> Well, what about Florida Man? How does it compare? Florida, to Florida Man was Man? pretty bad. I think Florida Man was pretty bad. Worse than Coors Light? You're making well because of the, you calling me out. I might have to adjust my scale because 
This was I've, I've been somebody, telling you that for for months. Somebody on, on Beer Advocate gave it a one point seven nine. I've been telling you, you get, have I don't you have that. great inflation. <laughs> so of of the of the three beers so far, we've done Coors Light, Miller Light, Budweiser, right? Rank rank them one through three. Obviously, Coors Light is third. Budweiser, Miller Light. One, I think two. Miller Light was really good. Uh, Budweiser was really good. Budweiser is classic, classic beer. And it just tastes like beer. This is fucking bad, dude. I don't know <laughs> if this is going to, I don't know if this is going to break the rank. I like how, how, how many more of these are we doing? I think we're done after this. I think we've done our domestic run. We've got a, uh, we've got another um, Beaver Town to hit next week, right? I do not. I drank mine. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing Hey Dave? What you drinking? <laughs> oh yeah, let's do it. I see. Flip it on the Maybe we need. Maybe right. we need to reverse the reverse the uh, the bad the bad vibes. And do Hey Dave? What you drinking? Maybe we beat we beat Fulham. Uh, we beat Fulham, and uh, we let Dave uh, have at it on uh, on Labor Day. Wait, 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 wait. Only if we beat Fulham. Do you want to hear my beer analysis? Is that what if I'm hearing? If we lose to Fulham we're dedicating the hour of this podcast to just bitching and complaining. Fair. All right. Good enough. We beat Fulham. I review uh neck oil, right? Cause you bastards couldn't wait. And now I see how it goes. I told you that I wanted to save it for myself. You're like those two kids, you know, those kids that they do like the experiments on, they put like marshmallows in front of them. They're like, you, you wait to eat this. You wait till I come back and you Sorry can have two of these. But <laughs> as soon as, as soon as the adult walks out of the room, boom, I don't think on. there was any such deal though. No, there was no deal. It was just a test of your uh, your willpower. It was it was subtle. It didn't happen. All right, that was hey Mike, what you drinking? And listeners, next week, hey Dave, what you drinking? It's going to be great. Oh, Mike can ask the question this time. This is going to be he game can. changing. Boom! I like it. All right, and I'm going to give ratings that are appropriately scaled, not on the uh, Mike inflationary scale. So this is going to oh, be the Jesus real deal. Here we go. Now, now keep in mind, Dave is an educator, so it's going to be zero to a hundred. He's going to assign a letter grade to it as well. That, I don't know. Letter grades are skewed and, and inappropriate. So uh, yeah, we're just going to stick with it. A three is bang average, and we're going to we're going to go from are there. Are you going to baby it and say, hey, you know what? No beer left behind. We're going to pass it regardless of how poor it is. That'd be a negative, and that's bullshit, Steve. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, if we're going to the Macrovers, then I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to to Bush Latte. That's a nice shirt there, Mike. Very it's nice a shirt. Bush Latte on it. It does. We can see that. <laughs> Our listeners can't, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, where does one get a Bush Latte shirt? Uh, you can get it from, uh, I, I believe you can get them from Bush doc, from Bush.com or whatever, <laughs> AnheuserBush.com. Now be careful about how you spell Bush. Yeah. Bush, Bush with it, with a C, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like AnheuserBush. Like Bush. <laughs> like the sound that it makes when you, when you open the can. Oh, that's where the name came from. Now I got it. All right, good. It's my favorite beer. <laughs> All righty. Oh, Onward we go. Hey, gentlemen, I'm going to say this. I like how we assessed the football earlier in the pod because we didn't get hung up on game by game, you know, lineups and tactics. Been enjoying this one. Let's keep keep that thing rolling. Steve, what are we talking about next? Dave, we can't talk about Fulham, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, no no tactics for Fulham, Steve. No, I, you know, I, I, I just have to say after last week, I thought I had gone as Looney Tunes as I could possibly go. 
in the realm of conspiracy theories. And literally, I don't know, it must have been hours after that podcast went live that there was another bullshit conspiracy that was even like more out there in the realm of U.S. politics. I think I shared it with you guys uh, as it happened. Something about how the government is putting chemicals in milk to turn people transgender. Yep. And, you know, it hit my pride that I thought I had scraped the very bottom of the barrel for the most absurd conspiracy theory I could think of, only to be outdone by somebody else who truly believes this nonsense. So here I am today coming at you with something not even in the same fucking ballpark. Like this is so far left field that we might as well be playing a completely different game. Okay. I'm here to talk to you about Nuno. Nuno Espirito Santo. He feels he was hard done by Spurs, right? I haven't seen him lately. I know you haven't seen him lately. They say he's managing in some other country. Okay, but I'm here to tell you that Nuno Espirito Santo actually is managing in the Premier League, and he is Antonio Conte. What happened is coming home after the Southampton game for match week one, Nuno Espirito Santo cornered Antonio Conte blindsided him in an alley in in London somewhere, knocked him out, put him in a well in his basement, kind of like Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs, uh, and stole his identity. He fashioned himself in Antonio Conte suit and (laughs) (laughs) and started showing up to these games with this specific point of of showing that he can get results playing his lame duck boring ass football and that explains why since game week two we have looked so impotent it's because we don't have the real antonio conte managing our team anymore nuno has come back and stolen his identity he stole his skin right from off antonio conte and he is managing in this league as if he were Conte. That is the absolute worst possible thing any former coach has ever done to Spurs. It's sickening that somebody would pretend they took a job in some other country in a league nobody is watching internationally just as an alibi so that they can get away with screwing over Spurs for kicking him out justly uh, before he could really get going in his Spurs tenure. That is what I'm going with right now. Nuno has taken Conte's identity. He has taken his skin. The real Antonio Conte is living in a well in Nuno Espirito Santo's basement, applying lotion to himself on a daily basis so that in the event Nuno needs more skin cells from Conte to complete his disguise, he has them available. That is what's going on with Spurs right now. That is what's going on with the team. And the sooner somebody goes and investigates Nuno's house to release the real Conte, the better this team will do. Uh, Mike, 
What do you I got? I would have accepted Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to you had to go there. Skin suit. Skin suit. Skin suit. It was painstaking because you can't you can't kill Conte. You need him for the full season, so you oh have to painstakingly rip layer over layer of skin to create this Conte suit. Steve, you may be too young to know what jumping the shark means, but I wonder if uh, I am aware Steve of jumping just jumped the, the shark. shark. Do you know what All it really of- means, though? Like, do you know where look, it really came from? Look, I'm just trying. I am just trying to give our listeners the conspiracy theories that track with the absolute nonsense that they experience in their day-to-day lives. And if I can't give them something that is so unbelievably bullshit, something that is so stupid, you have to think, wow, that guy must spend 23 hours a day huffing paint and then one hour recording a podcast. If, If you're not leaving this segment thinking that, then I haven't come up with a conspiracy theory worth sharing. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, moving on to the, uh, <laughs> to the to the weekend ahead. Uh, what, you don't want to inform our audience about jumping the shark? No, I, I want to hear you tell me what jumping the shark means. Jumping the shark. What was that? Happy days? The Fonz and his fucking jet skis or that's or, that's well they weren't jet skis but that's all i want to hear you you yeah. you know the origin of the story the right? now, now we can move on it was the fonts there you go mike <laughs> I, I got nothing on steve's conspiracy usually i'm like hey man no. there's there's plausibility to that but no this week he's just batshit crazy so um and, and, and take it take it from me i know about batshit crazy had a bat eviction done in my attic Today, Mike, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Did you leave a? Did he leave a one-way door? We got the one-way door. They are. Uh, they are. They are probably vacating as we speak. And they will uh, not get back in. All is well in in Dave's Dave's house of love. So I'm excited about that. Dave's house of love. Yeah. Well, you know, just made that up. <laughs> Let's talk about the weekend, Mike. What do you think? Jesus, you didn't even have a Coors Light. Uh, talk about the weekend ahead. So, um, we got Fulham coming up. Uh, They've been slightly impressive. Um, I, I say I say slightly, uh, but I mean, they drew with Liverpool, who has been less than Liverpool. Uh, they drew with Wolves, who uh, on paper are a tough team, have a lot of decent players, have a really good midfield, but no real attacking players and a garbage defense. Um they beat Brentford, who is uh, uh, they're a swell team. Um, swell team, lower mid table. Uh, they then they go into the fucking into the second round of the uh, uh, of the cup and lose to Crawley Town. Um, they got they almost took one off Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal scored too late, right? Um, Fulham are they're they're a good team. They beat Brighton. Brighton's Brighton's a hell of a team. Um, so they they beat Brighton this week, right? Um, so I, I think that there's a little more parity in the Premier League than we initially thought there would be. Um, feel that like the the promotion and relegation system is built to keep the top five to six teams 
the top five to six teams and keep everybody else fighting for to not be relegated. Um, and it keeps those bottom three teams or the, the teams that get promoted fighting against relegation, right? You don't rare, you very rarely see a team get promoted and then work its way up. I mean, we had Lester do that, right? Um, you know, we had city do that, but the, the system is not built for a team like Fulham to stay up. Um, at some point, Fulham's luck is going to run out. Let's hope it's this week. Um, they run, I don't even know what they run for a system. Uh, they run a back four, right? Or two, three, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they've got some decent players, uh, but there's nobody who's like of note where you're going to be like, oh shit, we got to watch out for this guy. We got to watch out for this guy. Pereira's Pereira is pretty good. Um, but I just think that like Spurs should, should run over this team. Um, which of course means that it'll end in a dull draw. Well, you know, the thing is, is like, if, if they're able to apply pressure to Spurs that they can, and they can withstand with a decent defensive midfielder in the four in the back, they can withstand a, a, a quick counterattack, which has kind of been the hallmark of what Spurs have been, um, which is the hallmark of what Spurs has been for, you know, since Conte or since even before Conte with Jose, where we tried to be a counterattacking team, you know, <clears throat> um, maybe we get a switch of tactics. Um, maybe we get a switch of players. Um, I'd like to see where Charleston come in. I really would. I think the guy, the guy is instant fucking energy. He's a shithouser. He plays hard. He, uh, he is fast and he work and he works for the ball. Um, I loved, I loved, <laughs> I kind of loved seeing him do what he did with the little juggling act. <clears throat> um, I understand being a baseball fan that, um, you know, don't do that. <laughs> you know, he got tackled the way he got tackled because he did that. Right. I mean, he got fucking trucked because he did that shit. Um, you saying he was asking for it? Because I think of what he, he was, was doing? like, I mean, you know what? You're a you're a home run hitter. You go up there, you hit the ball, and you watch it go out. You're showing up the pitcher. Guess what's happening the next the next uh, time you're at bat? You're getting fucking drilled in the ass. <clears throat> and the pitcher might get might get kicked out of the game. Like there, there's a psychology to all that. Right? You never also know. Also true. Also true. Yeah. So I mean. That guy, he probably deserved a red card for for going in and doing that hard. Um, but you know, also you got to understand that like there are other players in the world who have done that shit, and they're considered some of the best players in the world. It's just because it was Tottenham, and it was just because it was Richarlison that they had the outla- uh, the the backlash. But I'd like to see Richarlison start. I'd like to see Decky start. I'd like to see Harry Kane up front. Um, maybe not play the whole game, um, or maybe we just let Harry Kane sit down. I don't know. I don't know what the deal what the deal is going to be, but um, maybe you play with a two up front. Change of tactics. But what I do know is that we need some sort of change to inject a little energy and a little bit of life into these guys because what I saw when West Ham equalized 
is I saw what what happened under Jose is the team got defeated and they fucking gave up. They gave up trying to win. And I don't want to see that happen again. And I can see it happening with this Fulham team because they're chippy and uh, they're quick and they're young and they're, they're hungry. They, they don't want to be relegated, right? They don't want to be that team that gets relegated because that's what the system is set up for. True, true. Steve, what do you think? You know, I'm going to do something a little different. I would love to see a change in system. I would love to see a 3-5-2 where you have Richarlison and Decky up top playing off each other, pack the midfield a little more. Let's get Hoiberg, Basuma, and Saar in there. I'm assuming Benton Kerr is out. If Benton Kerr's in, get him in there instead. Um, just have three in the middle, you know, you throw in a, a, a jet assess on the wings to just bring that pace and see how that works. You know, I think especially with the formation that Fulham are running out, um, I think having a little extra reinforcement in the center uh, would be beneficial if you're going to run out two more inexperienced wingbacks, two younger guys who, um, you know, don't have maybe the discipline of a Perisic um, or of a Doherty. Um, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Doherty right now. I would have expected him to have gotten some game time, but regardless, you know, if you're going to play some some of these younger guys in this hypothetical situation, I think you pack the midfield. I think you go with two up front. And I think for Charleston and Decky can probably do the work. One's got the pace, the guile uh, and the, the trickery. And the other one has the strength, the vision, and, you know, quite frankly, um, this, this incredible way of, of getting the ball where he needs it to be. Um, I would love to see that. I doubt it's going to happen. We'll probably see the same shit we've seen so far. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe the, if, if there was the time to, make a change i think it's fulham um i think it's going to be a dangerous game i think you know if we play like we did midweek a draw is likely uh, but this is another team we should be beating so i'd like to see us come out i'd like to see us get that win and i'd like to see it be convincing but something has to change to achieve that if we see the same starting 11 that we saw midweek it's going to be a long fucking game you know, I was just looking at it. We we should boss these fucking guys. There's a there's two Americans in their on their team playing in the defense. Uh, um, Jedi Robinson, Anthony Robinson, who was actually born in Milton Keynes, but he's uh he's an um, he's an American uh, uh, U.S. men's national team member, and Tim Ream, uh, who is in and out of the U.S. men's national team too, but. They're not necessarily the best players, uh, the best defensive players. The U.S. National, men's national team is um, is known for their defensive lapses, but they're known for their 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 tough defensive players. But they're known for lots of defensive lapses. And I and I think you know I think this Spurs team should be able to uh, 
should be able to 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 boss them. But that said, I mean they didn't boss they didn't they didn't do anything to Wolves or West Ham's shitty defensive back backfields. Can we talk about the Champions League draw real quick? Yeah, if you want to, or you want to wait until after we record next, or when no, we, we can do, actually we can we can do that. I just want I just want to say that uh, Spurs have a favorable draw, and I and I love it. There, we'll, we'll get Sweet. that off my chest right now. I agree with you, Mike. I like how positively you put that too. Favorable yeah, yeah. draw, I love it. Very nice. We don't really have a lot of time left here, so no. I think it's time for us to move on to uh, the good old closing thoughts. Everyone's favorite segment because that means we're wrapping up, especially our friends in uh, Czech Republic that are falling asleep right about now. Steve, what are your closing thoughts? <laughs> uh, closing thoughts. I'm I'm hoping to bounce back this weekend. I I'm not going to get to watch the Fulham game live because uh, I will be in New York uh, at the New York Renaissance Fair. Um, so that no should way. be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, how you dressing, buddy? What's talk us through the outfit? I mean, it's going to be like 90 degrees, probably just going to wear shorts and a t-shirt, but we'll see. You're, you're not getting all LARPed up for this, for this bad boy. We'll see, Dave. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, this is the guy who dressed as granny last year for Halloween. That's fair. This is true. Yeah, that's fair. If this is, so this is something that I always used to go at um, when I was a kid living in New Jersey, we would go every year Um literally when i was five six years old we have pictures of you know me a little kid steve dressed as a king going to the fair um (laughs) i i swear to god i have a pair of leather boots that my dad bought 30 plus years ago that are still in prime condition because you only you only wear them once a year to the renaissance fair right well yeah but because he's been the same size for the last 30 years (laughs) that's right Uh, no, Steve hasn't so grown since he was a child. Steve's like they're children size six, but I, I managed to still fit in them. <laughs> it works great. <laughs> no, but so we'll be there on Saturday. We're going to the uh, Bronx Zoo on Sunday, driving back on Monday. Uh, but I'm really excited to to bring Isaac to these things that I used to go to all the time as a child. Um, it for me like there's this this parent-like wonder you always hear childlike wonder there's this parent-like wonder of seeing how my kid is going to react to the things that i used to do when i was a child uh, so i'm really looking forward to this weekend yeah that's good and steve I'm, I'm gonna say this too you probably already know this because of where you grew up but keep taking keep taking your son to the city it's easy when you live in a place like we do to not do that and then what happens is kids kids grow up without that perspective of, of what the the bigger, broader world looks like. So just just keep taking them, keep exposing them. It makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Life life lessons from Dave. How about that? Hey, uh, Mike. Closing thoughts from you. What do you think? Always life lessons from Dave. I'm I'm here Always. for you guys. Um. So right now, uh, I'm I'm gonna go just full on soccer and uh, with my closing thoughts. Um, I love I love Steve bringing his kid to do those those cool things though um <clears throat> last year we were at nine points at the at the five game mark we're at 11 mm-hmm. right now uh we're in a similar position so we're two points ahead um the difference is that last year was nuno ball uh, and we hoped it would work at this point this year we're looking at conte ball and we expect it to work so um, 
I'm not necessarily saying we're in the same type of position, but I, I, I was texting this to guys earlier this morning, um, this, this same stuff, but like we have got to figure it out and we have got to figure it out soon here. Um, we got a lot of really important matches coming up. Um, the league's not going to get any easier for us. We have the big hitters coming up. Uh, Man City's coming up. Um, you know, but the thing that I keep hearing that is that really pisses me off is all of the fucking Arsenal talk, right? They don't fucking matter one bit. The only time they matter is when it's we're we're chasing them for a we're not actually chasing them when it's a top when it's a matter of top four like it was last year or when it's a matter of a, a cup or a league title that would be the only times that it would matter that arsenal would matter to us right great Everybody thinks like all the Arsenal fans think they're the greatest fucking team in the history of the league this year because they're five and zero and they're drawing these shit teams. We have to understand that that also the that that Arsenal haven't played anyone shit. Sure, they haven't played anyone, but Spurs haven't played anyone much better than them than the teams they have. Um, I know Steve didn't like that <laughs> that thought this morning, but um, I I could tell you that like. Right now, we have to stop being cocky Spurs fans just because of the players we have and the coach we have and understand that that fucking Arsenal doesn't matter. Stop talking about Arsenal. Who fucking cares where they are? Last year, we were in a spot where we were outside of the top four and all we had to focus on was Arsenal. Well, there were two teams and there were two teams in front of us at the time, man. You was one of those teams that we were battling. Arsenal was another team that we were battling, but the team didn't look to Arsenal. Only we looked to Arsenal. The team has to focus on one game at a time, and fans have to stop and just focus on one game at a time, too. You got to compartmentalize this shit, because if you continue to like look at that table and see Arsenal is up there, above us and cities up there above us we obviously know that city's winning the league this year but we have to understand that like we're gonna drive ourselves fucking crazy if we just keep sitting there and looking at arsenal being above us on the table it's gonna drive us crazy and it's gonna make us angrier when spurs don't you know when when spurs don't get a result so my my words to everybody who's listening out there is who fucking cares about Arsenal? Who cares about Arsenal? They're they're of no consequence right now. We're five games in. Let's look ahead. But let's look ahead with a little bit of like concern because maybe right now we're not seeing what we want to see. We're not seeing what we expect to see. But we're being told that we have this world-class coach and he better get it out of these guys. The end. Thank you, Mike. Um, my closing thoughts, I agree with you and I disagree with you. So in terms of agreeing with you, I agree completely about the Arsenal piece. Like, here's the reality, guys. Oh, by the way, Mike just finished his Coors Light. You should have seen the grimaces he he made on his face every time he, he took a sip of that. So he's on to his uh, personal favorite, Bush Light now. Now he's happy. He's smiling. 
So, Mike, on the Arsenal tip, who cares? Like, legitimately, who cares? It is September the 1st we're recording on. Our Premier League season ends May 28th. That is an eternity away. We're five games in to a very long season that goes until until late May. I, I seem to recall we were in a pretty rough position last year in November, and we finished fourth. Um, so I think any reaction right now is just a premature reaction. I, I think it's really interesting to watch our team. And I didn't like what I saw against West Ham. I didn't like how lackadaisical we were, especially at the back and, and the problems that that caused for us. But what I think has been really interesting about this team this year, aside from that second half at West Ham, they've been remarkably calm. They've been remarkably collected and they haven't fallen apart in times when we historically would have fallen apart in the past. And, and there's a part of me that goes back to, you know, the second half of last year, how many times did we say, and how many times did Spurs fans say, Hey, whatever Conte says, I'm going to trust that. I'm going to support that. I'm going to, I'm going to believe in that at the moment, guys, our team hasn't lost yet. We haven't lost a game in five. And so I'm still of the mindset that I'm going to trust that Conte as one of the best managers in the world knows what the fuck he's doing. I'm going to trust that he's got a plan. I'm going to trust that, that that his guys have things sorted out and may understand things at a capacity that's beyond what my stupid brain can understand. One other piece I want to share is, you know, the reality of athletes. So we've all got athletic experience and none of us have elite athletic experience, but here's what I do know. The guys on the club don't give a crap about what we think. So if I'm freaking out about Arsenal or about Fulham or about Liverpool, Harry Kane doesn't care. Like I don't exist in his mind. They are in their own ecosystem where they, they live and breathe each and every day, according to what the vibe of, of those 20 some guys might be. The fans to them are a supportive or an unsupportive noise in, in the stadium. If we're being really, really honest, uh, they like a supportive noise because it's helpful and maybe they're either fueled or they're frustrated by an unsupportive noise, but they don't care what we're talking about. So all those fans that are freaking about, about Arsenal's place in the table or our place in the table on September, the freaking first, just shut up. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's just, just shut up. Get exactly. Cause like we I said, don't matter. Like I said, they only, they only care about the next game that's ahead. Bingo. That is it. And when they say one game at a time, we look to the weekend, you know, when they say all those cliches, you know, it's funny. They actually mean it because that's how you get through that kind of experience. You can't as a, as a, as an athlete or anybody who's at the top of their professional game, you can't get drowned down by the circumstances. You have to look one step ahead all the time. They're looking at Fulham and then they're looking at Marseille and then they're looking at city, right? It's just one thing at a time. Chill out. Don't lose your mind. September 1st. Give it some time. Let's see what happens. Steve, I have a feeling you want to blast back on me. I'm ready, man. Bring it. Look, Dave, I have to disagree. We all know <laughs> that Antonio Conte is sitting at the bottom of that well, listening to Wicked Spursy for tactics advice. This, this is true. Maybe he was, no, maybe, maybe it's Barty Crouch, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Steve. I'll tell you what. If, if, we, come out in a, potion. if we come out in a 3-5-2 this weekend, with with Decky and Richie on top, you win, man. You you have you have just won the season uh, in early September. I'm I'm giving that to you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. You're welcome. And we You're all welcome. know Sun listens because whenever we bash on him, he turns things around. So after uh, we, this, we, we bashed last week and we didn't see it. So I'm hoping we bashed it wasn't, hard. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very good bashing. 
Yeah, maybe his download just didn't work last last week. So maybe get maybe your fucking something. shit together, Sonny. <laughs> we know you're the only Spurs player that listens religiously to Wicked Spursy. True. I think maybe I, wanna, he's I just want to see him smile again. He's the only one who cares what we think, actually. That it might be Sonny. That that might be part of the problem, too. I want to see him smile. There you go. Hey, uh, let's wrap it up. As always, listeners, we appreciate you. Gentlemen, I appreciate you, even with a slight delay this week. I'm glad we glad we got this done. By the way, we got a quick turnaround recording uh early next week before a Champions League match. So looking forward to that. Uh Steve, final thing you want to say? Don't be an asshole. Thank you. And Michael. Go Irish, beat the Buckeyes. Be safe. <laughs> quiz, 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 quiz. quiz, quiz. <laughs>